0: This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Darrell Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table. Today's episode is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. The CSB blends accuracy and readability, giving pastors a translation they can trust and lay people a Bible they can enjoy. Find out more at csbible.com.
1: There's a pine warbler sitting on a hollow limb. He seems to have the whole morning out right in front of him. And everything he sings, from the branch that he's sitting on, it seems to hush the leaves and the colors all around. Now, first he sings, and then he goes. And what it means, it's hard to know.
0: You're listening to Cultivated, conversations about faith and work. I'm Mike Cosper, and on today's episode, my guest is Justin Forsett. Justin is a retired Pro Bowl running back from the NFL who's now an entrepreneur. His journey is an incredible story about overcoming adversity and clinging to faith in extraordinary circumstances. Stay with us.
1: I grew up in a small town from Mulberry, Florida, okay. a town of 3,000 people, uh, just hardworking, blue-collar town. Most people, when they graduate high school, uh, they go into our phosphate mining business that we had or our oh, wow. local furniture store. Not a lot of people make it out to accomplish their like dreams and goals and aspirations, but I grew up in a nice, faith-driven uh, home. My two parents, my dad was a pastor. I was a PK. Okay. No uh, I was a middle child of three boys, so uh, it was an interesting childhood, uh, lots of challenges and adversity, but also some some great times and some great memories along the way. I guess you grow up and you're in church every time the doors are open. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Dad. Especially in the South, you know, yeah. we do church a little bit different. Uh, you know, we had Monday where you're going to choir rehearsal, Bible study Wednesday. You're going in there church to clean up. <laughs> you're going in, you know, Sunday school. All those things. And I played the drums when I was for my dad's church wow. growing up. So we were always there constantly, but I didn't really have a, like a you know I would say a true relationship. Uh, with God and with Jesus until you know I was I want to say maybe thirteen years old yeah 12, thirteen years old which is young yeah <laughs> they're still young yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what happened what what woke you up to for say? me we battled like I said a lot of hardships a lot of adversity and I remember at our some of our tough times you know my dad like we we're always faith driven loving home but we dealt with financial issues hmm. consistently throughout early in my childhood. Uh, we never owned a home. Bounced from home to home. Uh, I remember times when the power was out, um, having to do my homework under candlelight, or no water in the house, so we had to take a bath bottle water. Hmm. Uh, running from the repo man, where you parking a car down the street and, and walking home so we didn't get the car mm-hmm. repossessed. And then at our very lowest, I remember staying out. Uh, we were living out of a motel uh, at the edge of town. Uh, Super 8 motel I remember Just like it was yesterday Room 108 I remember the blue Green Vomit looking carpet That was on the floor (laughs) I remember the two Queen size beds uh, For all five of us I remember the huge Window That overlooked The main street In our town Where cars could come by And I remember uh, My dad Asking my Begging my dad Just like that Please park in the back Because I don't want To see the kids Mm. I don't want the kids To see me uh, See us living out of here And Uh it was just a tough time, and in the midst of that financial instability that we were going through, I also had an identity crisis. I was a middle child, and uh, never really felt like I got the best. I was remember changing up the way I dressed and talked to fit in with other people uh, at home. I was always the one getting disciplined for whatever reason, and uh, I just didn't really feel like, you know, like I belonged. And uh, I would hear my dad talk about this guy named Jesus. On Sundays, uh, normally I would you know be sleeping the back pew, but you know I would listen to him. And one Sunday, it just it connected with me, where this guy Jesus wanted to—he loved me and he had plans for me, and he wanted to use me. And for someone that didn't really feel like he was worth being used, that stuck out to me, mm-hmm. and uh, I really uh, resonated with that. And uh, I allow God to you know come into my heart. Mm-hmm. And at that at that age, and uh, my life had been change since, you know, just trying to live for him, knowing that my steps are ordered by him. He has a plan and purpose for my life and I'm just trying to chase after him. Now, there's been some difficulty along the way, but uh for sure. that's kinda where it started. Yeah. Yeah, that's that sounds rough, man.
0: <laughs> 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 sounds intense. Yeah. Were you always athletic from early on?
1: Early on, um I knew I was uh gifted in sports, especially football. I knew that's kind of what I wanted to do. That's kind of like my ticket out of uh, where we came from playing football. I saw a guy named Barry Sanders on Sunday. (laughs) And I was like, man, I want to do that one day. And even going to Publix grocery store, getting my first poster of Barry Sanders. uh, and said, man, a machine. And I'm putting up on my bedroom wall. And uh, just had dreams, aspirations. Like, this is my ticket out. But I was always small and short. Uh, Mm. You know, everyone's placing limitations on me saying, ah, this is not, you know quite for you you're too slow too short too small mm. all these different things but uh, my mom used to tell me all the time faithful is out, it works it's dead son so i knew i had the faith and uh i just had to put in the work and time so i did whatever it took mm. you know growing up you know going through middle school and high school playing football and people telling me what i couldn't do i would do while well, everybody else in high school was going out drinking you know partying with girls I was doing a thousand push-ups and sit-ups a night hmm. uh, I was looking at uh videos of past running backs that that made it out of tough situations like Eddie George I was watching like how they train the different things that they would do to become better at their position and as football players and you know I was even reading stories about I don't know Jim Abbott and uh Wemma Rudolph like people that had to you know go through difficult things and just for inspiration and motivation but being an athlete, that was kind of what I wanted to do. Yeah. When did you kind of know, like, hey, I'm good at this. I can do it? In high school, uh, I grew up, like I said, in Mulberry, Florida. And I, when I got to high school, I went straight to varsity, playing on the varsity level. Uh, ninth and tenth grade had success there. And then I moved to Texas my junior year in Arlington, Texas. Played at this private school out there, Christian school. Mm. And uh, I had, you know, some more success. So although I wasn't getting scholarship offers in at the time, I knew— Like, then, like, okay, this is definitely, you know, something I can, can pursue. One of the
0: first real challenges in Justin's career came from the transition between high school and college. Though he had a lot of success in the game and success on the field, he had a reputation for being a hard worker. He wasn't immediately attracting attention from recruiters.
1: Yeah, it was tough for me because just like I said at the beginning, everyone was, you know, they saw my outside stature, you know, they placed limitation on me, didn't think I would ever be able to play football at a college level. Recruiters would come down and say too small, too slow, these things and uh, i didn't have really a scholarship offer until after my all-star game in my senior year and i was from notre dame and they came down and said man we like you we want to offer you a scholarship and i was excited because i was like man this is it uh you know god is really doing the work right here he's just (laughs) setting it all up where golden domer touchdown jesus rudy i'm like man i'm the black rudy this just, (laughs) just makes sense this is where i'm supposed to be the underdog And uh, I remember a week before signing day, uh, I got a call uh, from Notre Dame telling me they didn't need me anymore. I remember going down into my basement and just uh, crying my eyes out because I was that guy and that kid in school that was, you know, going to Bible study, that was reading his word, praying every night, and uh, had a relationship with God. But through all of that, I saw other people receiving the blessings that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And this was another heartbreak for me. So I remember going down to my basement, crying, getting on my knees, like, God, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. You got to show me something. Like, I'm doing, I'm I'm trying to live the way you called me to live. I'm reading, I'm trying to bring people closer to you and yet I have, I have nothing you know to show for it and uh, during that time the only thing I knew how to do is open my Bible and I opened up literally just full the place open and fell on Proverbs 3 5 through 6 with the talks about trusting Lord God with all your heart lean not on your own understanding acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your path and at that moment I could literally feel uh, like God's presence on me, like he was wrapping his arms around me, this warmth that overcame me. And I felt this peace that surpassed all understanding at that moment. I was like, I don't know where I'm gonna go to school. I don't know. I know it looks bleak, my future looks bleak. I don't have any scholarship offers. Here we are in February, National Signing Day is happening. And I don't have a school to go to, but God has a plan for me. And I'm not gonna lean on what the circumstance looks like. I'm gonna lean on God. couple months down the road maybe in May after signing day, day everyone's going to school people telling me you need to go somewhere man Just go to junior college and I was on my way to a historically black college uh at the time because I had nowhere else you know I was talking to some schools in that division out of nowhere uh, my dad get a call from uh UC Berkeley saying they went off me a scholarship I was like what UC Berkeley went off of me a scholarship I'm like I'm little on me <laughs> and uh, my dad was like yeah I was like where is UC Berkeley like I'd never heard of Cal football i never, I mean, Pac-10 football was foreign to me Like I was in the right. South, yeah. Florida, Florida State, Texas, A&M All those schools, that's the schools that I knew But uh, got opened up that door Ended up uh, going there, playing with some great players My freshman year, came in same class As uh, a guy named Marshawn Lynch Who ended up being sort of a big deal And <laughs> uh, we played together, Aaron Rodgers You know, and uh, at that time, that season, my freshman year we were ranked number 11 in the country wow. going into football season so it was a pretty good team I didn't know Aaron Rodgers was from there yeah Aaron Rodgers no is kidding. There too yep Yep. The good players man yeah um, no
0: doubt to look back and go okay look where these guys have gone I mean you're a Pro Bowl player mm-hmm. Rodgers future Hall of Famer oh, sure. Lynch you know beast mode the whole thing uh-huh. do you look back on that time and just see it as like like was there a sense of like man there's
1: something really special happening here with us being able to play together no doubt. I mean, I just knew the players were special for sure. First time I stepped on the campus. Aaron Rodgers, you know, who's one of the first guys that came up to me. He had already watched my highlight tape, <laughs> knew where I was from. And I was a late add-on in the recruiting process. Like they were in spring football, which is unheard of. Somebody got hurt, which opened up a scholarship spot for me. And I came in and... uh yeah, he came to me He was just like, man, I want to work with you, help you out. And we had, you know, a talented team and it was a program that was on the rise and you can feel that like was something there. We had some special players, so yeah,
0: definitely. for sure. Talk to me about, like, college football world seems, you know, oftentimes, and I'm sure this is true with the NFL too, but mm-hmm. specifically with college, like, the party scene, you know, all mm-hmm. the kind of circus that goes around that. What was it like trying to be a Christian in the midst of some of that in college?
1: For me, uh, going on campus, like, I had never like really went to a party before Hmm. I went to, you know, college. So uh, my first time there, I would go to like, you know, some parties that maybe was like some of the soccer teams was putting on, hanging out, you know, but nothing, nothing too crazy for me. I still had like, my faith was still very much part of my, part of my life. Hmm. I had a close relationship. I was always in church still. Hmm. Uh, I was connected with some other believers that were able to hold, hold me accountable, but it was a great time for me as a believer, especially going from Bible Belt to Berkeley, which is a traditional right. uh, liberal university, an old area. I mean, you think about the Bay Area. It actually pushed me closer to God because I had to know why I believed, why I believed, hmm. because in that atmosphere... Christians were made fun of like in the classroom by professors like yeah this is some joke you know like you know this made up fairy tale that's you know these people believe in I'm like I'm looking around I'm like man I, this is what I believe right. you know I believe in God I believe in the Bible the gospel and uh and I've always come across these people from different backgrounds different belief systems religions and I had never came across that before and I had to have a reason why I believe what I believe in it pushed mm. me to really get a deeper understanding yeah. of why I believe yeah it drew me closer in that regard, uh, in my faith, and met my wife there, uh, football was going well, um, was having some success on the field. So I had I had a great time, man. Yeah, that's great. Like, I think it's probably
0: really significant that you stayed rooted
1: in a, in a church w- in the midst of that. Yeah. Because it's
0: probably easy in the midst of the rigor of football and... You know, you're still a student and all that. It would have been easy to let that slip away. but
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, and most people say, ah, uh, when kids go to college, they lose their faith. Mm-hmm. But the the truth of the matter is, like, when kids go to college, they don't lose their faith. They, they lose their parents' faith. They yeah. never had a really genuine, authentic relationship and walk with Christ, you know, entering in college. Like, it was something that they did because their parents did it. Yeah. For me, because I had that encounter, that personal encounter with Christ early on in my walk, and uh, I experienced him in a real way, and it was my decision. When I got there, I was rooted on something. I yeah. was founded in something. So it was that even though I made mistakes and you know definitely had some hard times and struggles, but my faith was always there, always a part of mine. Yeah, that's well put. Any specific memories from those college years,
0: games you played, stuff that you look back on with particular fondness?
1: Oh, man. Uh, just that whole, especially my, my freshman year, it was crazy because— I was supposed to redshirt by, you know, the experts, but I ended up being a true freshman playing, especially we had a talented backfield. We had uh, J.J. Harrington who was um, the leading rusher, I want to say, in the country at the time. Then Marshawn Lynch, who was uh, number two running back in the country coming out of high school, and then (laughs) there's this little old guy from this uh, private Christian school from Texas, you know, that's playing on the same field, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Just that time, it was just like, man, we were winning lots of football games, Mm. And uh, that was just like my entry into college football. So that whole time, my, my freshman year, was it was special. Hmm. Uh, just being able to play and be a part of it and changing like a culture of a, yeah. of a football team. Being one of those backup
0: backs, I mean, I imagine like a lot of times that role, you're throwing a lot of blocks. You're helping to open things up for the number one back. Mm-hmm. What was serving in that role kind of like?
1: Uh, sure. I mean, you're doing the grunt work. Yeah. Um, you know, I play a lot of special teams. I wasn't seeing much action unless we we're blowing the team out on offense, um, you know, just playing, doing whatever I could do to get on the field, you know, uh, catching kick returns, uh, blocking for other people on kick returns. Yeah, it's a tough job, but it's having that mindset like, man, I know I can play. I just got to be prepared when my opportunity comes. So that's just my, my whole life has been a big, yeah. you know, preparation uh, process for my big moment, which came in, you know, later in my, my career. Hey, we'll get back to this interview in just a second, but first, I think every
0: Christian has experienced one of those aha moments in their faith. Sometimes they come in times of prayer and brokenness. Sometimes they come from experiences in community with one another. And sometimes, perhaps most often, they come when we're reading the scriptures. There are these great moments when God's Word comes to life. But often we struggle with the Bible. In some translations, the language is so archaic or needlessly complex that we're tempted to give up in frustration. I love what they've done blending pinpoint accuracy with a reading experience that makes engaging with the Word inviting. Reading the Bible shouldn't be a chore. Learn more about this much-needed translation at csbible.com. Talk to me about going from college to the NFL? Did you go through the draft or what was?
1: Yeah, yeah, so I ended up, my last year, I was a starting running back at Cal, I had some great success there uh, with the team, individual success, and set myself up to get in a position to get drafted. Ended up getting drafted in the seventh round by the Seattle Seahawks. You know, it was a team where they had just, like I said earlier, they had two free agent running backs that they picked up in TJ Duckett and Julius Jones. At the time, I was along with um, Maurice Morris, who was the running back there. Uh, that was there for a long time and uh, i was just kind of a guy that you know just hoping to just kind of groom. Yeah. i dropped all the way down from the seventh round I was supposed to get drafted in the third round yeah you know it was just a lot of doubt you know people didn't yeah. know what to expect from a, a you know a short small guy like mm-hmm. myself to maybe think i'll play long and you know from then just getting drafted you know just the proven process of just man i belong here i can play here and yeah. uh, just waiting for my opportunity
0: it's funny because I, I you know when i was reading about you before this interview mm-hmm. You know, I saw some of that stuff about, like, sort of uncertainty around you because you were smaller. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's kind of a history in the NFL of, like, great smaller backs, right? Yeah. I mean, you're not the only guy who's under six feet tall who yeah. turned out to be a great NFL running back.
1: Yeah, no. And, and you know, there are some, you know, some coaches are old school and, you know, you know, being 5'8", 195-pound running back, you know, they have a specific idea of what. A guy like my size can do yeah. and uh, they couldn't look oversee that you know most people like oh he's a third down guy he can come in and play some special teams but that's all he can do most people didn't envision uh running back my size being a feature back where he can play all three downs and mm-hmm. you know run block catch and do all those things and withstand the physicality of playing in the nfl so there were guys like that before me that could do it like your barry sanders but those guys were you know when you're short you got to be as you know freakishly quick, freakishly fast, mm-hmm. and I wasn't necessarily, you know, freakishly, you know, fast or anything like that by any means, but I had some quickness, I had some abilities I could catch, and I could block very well, mm-hmm. especially being my size, like that's kind of what was my, yeah. you know, trademark, so to speak, for yeah. me being able to play as long as I did.
0: Huh. Let's talk about kind of the the trajectory of your career then. So mm-hmm. you was drafted by the Seahawks, you spent your first couple of years kind of on a couple of different rosters, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. yeah. What was what was that like? What's going through your mind as you're... Because you're drafted by the Seahawks, and then you were, ended up with the Colts yep. in September, mm-hmm. which I'm a raging Colts fan. So oh, I, okay. I saw that, and I was like, oh, he's a Colt for a month. Yeah, for <laughs> a month, yes.
1: Yeah, Just a cup of coffee. But yeah. it still counts, man. Yeah, it definitely counts.
0: Yeah, and then back to the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. So you, you had a lot of transition in those early years. Um, what's going through your mind as you're
1: grinding yeah. that out? It was tough, man. Um just because, I mean, I believe, especially making open opening day roster with the Seahawks, feeling like, oh, this is where I'm going to be. Um, and then that second week, you know, the next week being, you know, cut and off to Indy. It mm. was, I, I label, at least my whole NFL career which has been an unstable blessing, especially early on. <laughs> you know, it's unstable where I didn't know where I was going to be if I was going to be, be able to play. But it was a blessing because I always got a shot, I had an opportunity. Mm. So it was definitely tough. A lot of things going on, you know, your first year in the league. You know, I'm breaking leases to apartments, going from city to city, which is yeah. expensive. Were you married um, by then? No, I wasn't married at the time. Okay. My wife, who at the time, I want to say she was on the USA volleyball team, so she was traveling. It was just tough because uh, also my mom was battling cancer, mm. very strong at that time, uh, thyroid cancer. And it was uh, very tough. I remember getting that right after getting released from the Colts. Just my dad was telling me, you know, that he didn't know if she had much longer. The doctors were telling like man i gotta make it because i gotta be able to help out help support my family um so i was kind of motivated and pushed you know by some other factors to just kind of like i gotta figure out a way to make this work yeah so how'd you make it work oh man prayer (laughs) i mean god is uh is definitely i can't take the credit for it because there were times like i came in and they used me as punt returner special teams player and I wasn't necessarily gifted at that. I just want to. It's was like, I had to make it work. And I never mm-hmm. caught punts in my life. And it was just like this scary, freaky thing, guys, kicking the ball up in the air for five or six seconds. And you got to wait there for it to come down. The wind's blowing it from left and right and swinging. Then you got guys chasing you down, trying to take your head off. And your eyes is, you know, bobbling back from, you know, up and down, trying to look at the tacklers and look at the ball, make sure you don't drop the ball, all these type of things going through your head. And I remember sitting back there, I remember my first game, catching a punt. I played with the Colts, so my first actual game that I mm. played in was being with the Annapolis Colts. And they threw me out there, and I'm just literally like, because I wasn't good. I was always dropping them in practice, <laughs> and uh, but I never dropped them in the game. Really? And uh, oh, That's great. And it's crazy. Yeah. And this guy's like, ah, is he going to be able to catch this stuff in the game? <laughs> and I was just reliving really like, God, so... Protect the ball, don't worry about me, and I'll be literally saying this prayer like protect yeah. the ball that's the first thing I just want to catch the ball and be a hooker and make sure i'm I'm still on the roster and uh <laughs> that first that first game, I ended up setting up the game winning touchdown uh for the Colts, and mm. I remember Peyton Manning coming up to me after the game and he was like, hey man, you did that mm. you set us up uh for that victory, man and offered me a beer and uh It was, like, one of the greatest moments, uh, especially in my young career, just Mm -hmm. getting that kind of respect from, uh, you know, one of the greatest to ever do it. Sure. No, it was a special time. You know, even with uncertainty, not knowing where you're going to be, it was a blessing just to be able to provide for my family.
0: Yeah. After a couple years, things did kind of stabilize. You got on some rosters Mm and started to play. When did you feel like you had some
1: ground under your feet and, you know, you knew what you were doing, you knew you were playing? I didn't really feel like, okay, I'm going to have some time here until after my Baltimore season. Okay. After being let go by Jacksonville Jaguars and not knowing if I was ever going to play again, because if you can't play for the Jaguars, I mean, who can you play for? <laughs> Maybe the Browns, but I didn't know. They weren't calling. So uh, I was just kind of out there not knowing. I was getting ready to transition out of football. You know, I stayed in shape just in case the call came. The call came, Baltimore. Uh, they had the whole Ray Rice situation. Of course, that happened, so they were looking for extra back just, just in case he was suspended for the whole year. Uh, didn't know what that was going to look like, ended up, you know, he got suspended, uh, released from the team. They threw me in the lineup, and mm. I got a chance to show what I could do. And uh, after years of preparation, maximize my opportunity into a Pro Bowl, signed a long-term deal, my first long-term deal uh, in the NFL, and I kind of felt like, okay, like they like me here. And yep. uh, they kind of put a ring on it, so to speak, yeah. using the words of Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Was it like knowing you made the Pro Bowl? How did how did that feel?
1: Man, it was like an emotional, I would say, a rush that I had because it was years. Like you think about thinking about like football, just all the setback and rejection and all the hurt that I went, disappointment that I went through, just being cut, being fired, being rejected by schools. Telling you, people telling me that I can never do what I was doing. You know, at that level. I was just feeling overwhelmed uh, I remember games I remember the Panthers and I'm having a pretty good game with the Panthers in the middle of the season and uh, you know I'm on my way to pro I'm top five rusher at this point and just like in the uh, overjoyed like with emotion on the sideline like literally coming into tears like man hmm. I can't believe like this is happening. Yeah. You know, I'm age 29 at running back and um, year seven of my career just got fired not knowing if I was going to ever play football again. And uh, here I am about to, you know, head to a pro bowl it was uh, pretty special.
0: I bet. Yeah. I mean, to see it in the context of your whole story, that's, it is incredible. That's amazing. I mean, your, your perseverance to like tough it out through all that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. starting, starting from being a kid, but then it's like, it's like you had obstacles at every, yeah. at every turn. So I can, imagine, I can imagine that was a big moment. During your years in the NFL, Like what sustained your faith? I mean, you're moving around. It's probably hard to get connected to
1: churches. Mm-hmm. What sustained you during that time? Well, my faith was all I had. Mm-hmm. In, in a life that I lived of inconsistencies, that was the only thing that was consistent. Just bouncing from place to place, you know, physically. It never wavered my faith. Like, I was always able to get connected with somebody. Uh, you know, every team, they had some, you know, uh, a group of believers that I could, you know, link to and, you know, get mm-hmm. encouragement, even in the downtime. Like, in that Jacksonville phase of my career, like, I was down in the dumps. Like, I was, felt like I was not getting a fair shake. I was laughed at, mocked, ridiculed, criticized, you name it. And I went to work frustrated every day but there was a guy there uh the team chaplain uh named Anthony Johnson that constantly every day when negativity was being poured onto me he was constantly pouring into me reminding me what God thought of me what God wanted of me during that time like he was always encouraging me within the negativity so I was always being connected with people that was you know of Christ it was kingdom minded that was lifting me up through the tough times and uh yeah I was I just, for whatever reason, God placed some great people in my life yeah. uh, to help me. That's fantastic. When did you decide to leave? Man, that last year, it was just difficult. It was year nine, and I started off with Baltimore in the first three weeks, and then they placed me on inactive on the inactive roster in week four, I want to say, and then week five, I got released, asked for my release, and it was like a mutual parting of the ways, and I went to Detroit, and then i was there for maybe i don't know maybe six weeks mm. and uh remember i saw my family they came out and rented an apartment out in detroit my family came out my wife was pregnant at the time maybe six months pregnant had my uh two kids i think they were probably around a uh, three-year-old and one-year-old at the time after that six week six i got cut and re- released and uh denver picked me up so i was on my way to denver and my wife, who was, you know, pregnant with the two kids, she had to pack up everything in Detroit and drive everything back to our home in Baltimore uh, through a snowstorm, you know, nine hours with those kids in the back and pregnant. And I was just like, man, I can't put them through this, mm. you know, any longer. And, uh, you know, and just the craziness of the the business part of football and what the NFL brings. And uh, I was just ready to move on. I felt like God had opened some other doors for me, for speaking and running my company so I was ready to transition out
0: yeah tell me about your company
1: yeah started so a company uh called Shower pill with a couple of my college teammates we create uh active care products for people on the go our hero product has been the the body wipe which is a disposable washcloth antibacterial toilet to be able to clean up uh after workouts Pilates camping hiking yoga you you name it and uh just a place where uh, a tool that you can use to to freshen up throughout your day is yeah hygiene on the go yeah what made you decide to, to be an entrepreneur man i always wanted to you know uh be an entrepreneur uh, and give back to my community provide jobs for people and uh you know i love the mindsets of guys that athletes before me like magic johnson like michael jordan like uh john elway uh was another guy uh ronnie lott those guys were like successful off the field Um, You know, football wasn't something that defined them. They used Mm -hmm. it as a stepping stool to, you know, propel them into the next phase of their life because, you know, I'm 30. When I was retired, I retired at 31. So uh, I got a lot of of life to live. And uh, I wanted to be kind of one of those, you know, those moguls, you know, like uh, (laughs) like a magic in the music world, like a Jay-Z or uh, a Diddy.
0: Yeah. You got more more stuff cooking in your mind beyond the business you're running now? I mean, you, you see yourself starting other stuff?
1: Well, I have uh, the, the hygiene company, personal care company, and then I do my speaking my speaking company Yeah, uh, that I have where I do corporate talks for companies all over the country from like Wells Fargo, Verizon, mm. you know, Remax, all these different companies where I go out and I encourage because all the stuff that I've been through, yeah. perseverance and adversity, now I'm able to go and share and help people overcome uh, some of the things the obstacles that they're facing
0: yeah it's incredible well hey man thanks for making time for this i really i really enjoyed hearing your story and spending some time with you
1: no thank you for having me i appreciate you absolutely first he sings and then he goes and what it means it's hard to know
0: Hey, a quick update, personal update. It's been about a year since I released my book, Recapturing the Wonder. It's a book that tries to understand how the world has shaped us and how spiritual disciplines and spiritual habits can reorient us so that we can actually experience the presence of God in this world. You can check it out wherever books are sold. If you read it and you liked it, you can leave a review for me at Amazon. I'd appreciate it. All right, that's our show. Cultivated is a production of Harbor Media and the Narrativo Group. We make podcasts at Narrativo. You can learn more about us at narrativogroup.com. This episode was produced by me. It was recorded and edited and mixed by Mark Owens. Our theme song is by Roman Candle. Our music is by Dan Phelps and Roman Candle. Go to our website, cultivatedpodcast.com, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. I write a weekly essay, and we have links to all kinds of interested, cultivated-related stuff inside. Thanks again to the Christian Standard Bible. You can check them out at csbible.com. We'll see you next week.